Great to have your company here on the Money Minutes for another episode. Um, and clearly today, I just want to talk about the employment numbers that have come out, uh, and they're being interpreted in a couple of different ways. So we should just go through that and try and explain then what the government is doing with its new uh, job trainer program, which is depending on how you read it, uh, between two and two and a half billion dollars worth of money that's going to be put into not only additional training for people who can't find a job, uh, but then also to subsidise even more wages, especially of those of apprentices. Now, the unemployment rate at 7.4% in June is the highest jobless rate since November 1998. So that's the best part of 21 years. Uh, And that was the aftermath of Australia's last recession. Now, on the face of it, that doesn't look so good, especially when you consider that the real unemployment rate, and the government even acknowledges this, is much, much higher, probably closer to the underemployment rate of 13%. Uh, The second part about it also is that some are interpreting it by seeing employment rise in June by 210,800 jobs, So in other words, this is the fastest jobs growth created ever in one month. It had fallen the previous month, May, by 264,000 jobs, give or take. So the part of that is just the opening of the economy. And as a result, people have come back into the workforce simply because the stores have reopened and restaurants and cafes and all the rest of it. So people were able to get to work in June as compared with May. So that's a good thing. You want more people working and therefore paying tax to the government rather than quite clearly the opposite, that is them not working and being on the job keeper, 1500 bucks a fortnight. And indeed, you know, having to pay tax on that potentially smaller amount of money. But then the other side of it is a lot of people being unemployed or underemployed and paying significantly less tax to the federal government. This is the reason why there's such a preoccupation in all sides of politics, but right across our economy on jobs at the moment. And so really what you're seeing now is this potentially good news. But the real problem is, of course, with Victoria going back into lockdown and being the second largest state government in Australia, on state economy, if you like, um, you know, it's going to be a situation where those jobless numbers, when you come out into July, are clearly going to go backwards again. Now, the real problem also is the participation rate. Now, that's jumped from 62.7% in May to 64%. So that means that more people are willing to work and available to work. Uh, And so that's also one other aspect of it. Now, if you look around the states, for example, um, Victoria with a 7.5% unemployment rate, Queensland 7.7%, South Australia 8.8%, WA 8.7%. Um, Compare that with, say, New South Wales, which did open its economy a little more quickly, uh, 6.9%. So that's the background of where we sit at the moment. But as I say, the real problem when you look forward is what happens when the government potentially takes away some of its support of wages. In other words, the government is effectively paying a lot of people's wages right now. That's supposed to come at the end of September. Though the Prime Minister today did really very much hint that, of course, it will be ongoing. But before we go any further, let's just go to Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, saying why he believes today's unemployment numbers are actually potentially good news for Australia. The Australian economy is fighting back. The jobs of Australians depend on that fight. The incomes of Australians depend on that fight. 
of the 210,000 jobs added in June, 60 per cent of the jobs regained were for women and 50 per cent of the jobs regained were for youth. So that's the PM today, but then he also made another big announcement today, and that was uh, an amount of money of $2.5 billion. So one part of this is the billion dollars. This is the so-called job trainer package. Now, what this is all about is offering free or low-cost courses for school leavers and people looking for work. So if you can't get a job, you go and train and you get paid to basically do this. Right, So that's pretty much how it works. So you're on the job seeker, you go out and you get training, somebody's paying for that for you. Then on top of that also, there's additional money for companies that wish to hold apprentices or to put apprentices on. So part of this scheme was announced back in March. It's now been expanded and that's where the $1.5 billion comes in. Now, really, this is the government subsidising the wages of trainees and apprentices. So you've got to sit there again and say there's even more people now on the government teat as a result of them putting more borrowed taxpayer money in. The fundamental problem that I have is where's the work, right? It's all very well to suddenly say you're going to do this, but where's the work? So just on some of that and this potential job trainer package, let's go back again to the Prime Minister today in his press conference. The way it's been done in the past we don't believe has been effective. We were prepared and are prepared to invest more, but in a better system. And what we're announcing today with $500 million for investment this year, between now and the end of the financial year, starting at the beginning of September, is to create those places for Australians to get access to that vocational educational training uh, right across the board but particularly in those skills areas that the National Skills Commissioner has identified where there will be the greatest needs for those skills. So, okay, here's your fundamental problem. So let's say, for example, you've got, I don't know, um, a home building industry, or you do renovations or something, and you know that the number of new housing starts has collapsed to the lowest levels. So you're running a construction company, a home building company, and you've got to make a decision with the government offering subsidies for apprentices. Are you actually going to take on more apprentices just because the government's going to subsidise a part of their wage when you might not have the work to even pay the other part of the wage? Or indeed, that if the work is going so badly, you're waiting for the job keeper program to end and you might end up at that stage having to drop some of those apprentices. You're not happy about it it's probably very upsetting to you because you're also looking at your own business wondering if it can survive. Because it's all very well to say you're going to subsidise apprentices and trainees for the government to do this. But in the real world, you've got to have work to be able to have the confidence to put on the staff to gain the subsidies. So one of the issues that I want to really confront in the coming days here on the Money Minutes is where is the work? And indeed, why is it that the government hand in glove with this announcement today, didn't come out and make a more significant statement about building infrastructure in Australia. I think this is where the grave deficiency of the conversation in Australia has gone so far. And you'll hear me talk about the fact that if you really are going to borrow money right now, rather than subsidising wages and basically putting everybody on a quasi-pension effectively, try to get to the other side, whatever the other side is, when you don't have 
any form of vaccine for coronavirus, which means that the economy could have outbreaks and could go into lockdowns, which is a reason why you've got different states with different views about this, about the opening of the economy. Then really, what a lasting legacy are we getting for the billions upon billions of dollars that the government is right now borrowing? Surely, in my opinion, as we'll discuss, it would be far better to go and build a whole bunch more infrastructure. Anyway, we'll do something big on that tomorrow. We'll explain that on the Money Minutes. But uh, it really, today, struck a chord with me when I saw this. Because, as I say, you can hand out that $1.5 billion of wage subsidies plus another billion dollars for those people who are leaving school who can't find a job. You know, But that's exactly the same as putting them on a pension. Yes, they might get a few extra skills. Yes, we might be better off. But the far better way to do this is to actually have some work that people can do that leaves a legacy for this country. I've been tick-tocking while I'm walking with my docs and Millie rocking. Hit the wall and pop and lock it like a clock. I've been straight flowing while I'm scrolling. Losing focus, hit the get up like I wrote it. Running back with all the motions. I've been tick-tocking while I'm walking with my docs and Just as a little rocking, last one for you today before we go. I want to take you to, and I've, and I've talked about China in the past and about the issue of Huawei and uh, China now effectively saying that Huawei is, you know, terribly independent and they don't try and control it or anything like that. But the geopolitical nature of the world is definitely changing. So the interesting part about this today was to hear from the general manager of TikTok Australia, a bloke called Lee Hunter. He appeared on the Today Show on Channel 9. Here's what he had to say. No, we don't share any user data with the Chinese government or any foreign government for that matter, and we never will. Uh, it's important to know that there's no user data that's held from TikTok in China, so they don't have access to it on that basis. The other thing to remember is like, we've got a very, very firm stance on the fact that even, even if they did request that, that data from us, we would say no to it straight up. We would just never give that to them. TikTokin' while I'm walking with my docs and Millie rockin' Hit the wall and pop and lock it like a clock I've been straight flowing while I'm scrolling Losing focus, hit the get up like I wrote it Running back with all the motions I've been TikTokin' while I'm walking with my docs and Millie rockin' So that's Lee Hunter saying, well, look, like even if the Chinese government asked us for all this information, we wouldn't give it to focus, hit the get up like I wrote it Running well, back with all the motions I've been I kind of wonder if you were one of the bosses of TikTok in China and you were asked for something from your authority you give it to them. Because let's be honest, all sorts of other business people in China, increasingly potentially in Hong Kong, have found themselves on the wrong side of the Chinese government because they've either acquired too much wealth, paid too little tax, done the wrong thing in the eyes of the Politburo, and those people will disappear for re-education into jail. I put them away. So, as I say, I just really very much doubt that Lee Hunter has got a genuine grasp of what takes place in Chinese politics. I've filmed in China. I know precisely what sort of controls they have upon you as an individual coming to their country. So why would I even imagine that if I did silly dances on TikTok, which is largely what I see it being, I can't imagine why the Chinese government would want to actually collect people's silly dances or whether they would discriminate against people even if they did have the information. I don't think there's terribly many state secrets in being able to do better choreography than somebody else. Although then again, who's to say what skills are these days? 
I'm Ross Greenwood, and these are the Money Minutes.